Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 895. <laughs> Sorry, wrong one. Episode number 895? <laughs> should we just skip ahead so we match oh, up Nerdist. Yeah. We should do that. We should be like, last episode was 103. Welcome to episode number... 972. Sorry about you, <clears throat> Yeah. Um, no, this is episode number 104 of the 30-something movie podcast. I forgot what show we were there for a second. <laughs> all the other shows that we do. Um, this time around, we're going to be talking, we're going to be a light-hearted comedy, a romp in the jungle. Pat's already sinking in his chair. Uh, we're going to be talking about Platoon. I haven't laughed that much in I don't know how long. Really? I mean, I wanted to, you know, for the Christmas season, I wanted to... It still makes that scene a naked gun. That much funnier. I'm just saying. I mean, that whole thing. That is true. <laughs> when they come, yeah. That's about the only thing. So, very quickly, we do spoil the events of the movies we talk about. If you haven't seen them yet, go see them, and then come on back. Or if you don't care, then just keep listening. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you can. Uh, we said last time all you need are hands, and you can even probably do it without hands if you wanted to. I think we said Cousin mm-hmm. It could leave a review. Correct. No, not Cousin It. No. Thing. 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 I'm sorry. Cousin It could, too. Yeah. Anybody could. Uh, I am joined today. I brought food today, so Dennis is here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Dennis. Dennis was the first person to show up today. Yeah. I mean, yep. That's never happened before. I like my pizza hot. You, there you go. I like pizza. I like pizza. I like pizza. Women. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's not getting edited. That's no. not. That's <laughs> I don't edit. Are you kidding? I don't edit anything anymore. I like my goats. <clears throat> I got a wallet. I t- he always I says that. I like Steve. Steve. Steve's a good guy. I like, I Steve. I like, I like pizza. I like pizza. <clears throat> it's Friday, everybody. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it counts as Friday. Dude, we're within the window it's, of winter it's break. Friday. It's two weeks to winter break. And so here it is. It's, it's, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> mm. Pizza. So anyway, I am joined by uh, Dennis. Yo. Yo. Uh, I got Pat here, too. Hey, hey. And Jeff. Hi. There we go. Um, so like we said, this time we're going to be talking about Platoon. Uh, did you guys have any new stuff? Any new movie stuff that has come out late? Did, how many of you watched the Spider-Man trailer? Yep, I did. Are you yep. staying away from trailers? No, I, I, I watched you it. You watched that one? Okay. I don't. I, I, I cave way too easily in terms of trailers. Okay. I realized. I tried I tried being like that. It's like, I'm going to go see the movie. I'm not going to watch the trailer, but mm-hmm. I did because I have no willpower. Okay. That's fine. Um, Great you trailer, think? though. What do you think? I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think it looks really good. Yeah. You, Woohoo! Well, yeah. You, oh, you and I I'm talked just... the other day, and you just kind of were like, I can't. I can't, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't well, do I like it. I'm numb to the awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it's, just, it's just cool. Yeah. They keep putting out cool movies. I, I don't know what else to say. I like how the uh, how Tony Stark is like almost serving as a mentor mm-hmm. yeah. for him. Like a, uh, which is it's, it's a really nice role for 
the character of Tony Stark at this point. And Robert Downey Jr. said that I think he's done playing Iron Man in an Iron Man movie. I think he was quoted as saying that, like, I think that's been done, so, you know, he'll do, like, the group The Avengers thing, or he'll do... But, I mean, that's cool, because I, I know Hugh Jackman, I think, has said as much with Wolverine. He'll come in as a cameo, or he'll come in as a part, but, you, you know, th- to keep that Disco- character. So I think that's... To keep that car- character, I'm sorry, in the audience's, you know, in the stories and in the audience's face, but that's pretty cool. I was going to play the trailer. For Dennis, it's, do you want to avoid it? or? That's fine. Okay. I'll play it for you once the yeah. ads go away from YouTube. Get some more pizza. You can get some more pizza. Yeah, then I'll stay there. Yeah, you put it. I'm trying to be good. What's up, guys? Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Oh, that was awesome. Is Liz the new top? No, we've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stops staring before it gets creepy, though. Too late. Yes, are losers. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or any of you? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh, all right. That's not a hug. I'm just grabbing the for you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world. But you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground. And stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. Oh, sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you. Nice. And everybody you love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I know. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to say that he's underrated because I don't think he's anybody, underrated. You think he's under? Do you think? Because I, I was going to say I don't think people. It. I don't think people actually under. I think people rate him quite highly. But just whenever he appears in something, I'm just. That's cool. That's worth the table. Second question: Is Marissa Tomei in that movie? Is yeah. That yeah. So, you'll, so you'll be fine. With I'll be there. Opening night, maybe. <laughs> I think in the back I saw Monica, Bellucci. Ma- Monica Bellucci's yeah, in one of the scenes. That <laughs> she appears. Might be the first movie you stay awake in. <laughs> it might be. Spectre <laughs> 2. I just want to watch the homie we're looking for in the background. Yeah, that's right, man. It might He'll happen. come back and kill it me. Might she wasn't in there. <laughs> She's in the scene after the credits. Stay awake the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick, man. That's the trick. All right. It's cool. All right. So, it's, I'm feeling pretty good about that one. 
Yeah. I, I, I only saw like one glimpse of Michael Keaton in there, and it was just those the good ones. I mean, yeah, the he's good. awesome, and whatever he's in, he's, like because I, I think he can play a kind of a. Mm-hmm. And he can play that role, yeah. bad guy, good guy. Yeah, just ever. I mean, well. yeah. Um, the other one. Have you guys watched the Planet of the Apes movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, have you watched? I saw the trailer. Have you seen I saw that part of the trailer for it. Wait, there's a third Planet of the Apes. Yeah, uh-huh. War for the Planet of the Apes. I haven't seen the trailer yet. Okay, do you, I, do you wanna? I like the other movies. So I think we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna watch it. But. <laughs> like, like if all three, of, already, us said, all three of us said no, John's the yeah, yeah, it's his podcast. Screw you, <laughs> dude. I'm gonna Matrix Revolutions you. You've already made the decision. Yeah, we're just trying to understand why. That's true. Smart apes in the first place, and then the yeah. plague. That so real cool like animation of somehow, passing through yeah, the Yeah, then it like knocked out a whole bunch of humans, and that was the second movie. And yeah. I really, I've, I've liked the first two movies yeah. a mm-hmm. lot, yeah, so I'm kind of looking forward to this one. And I was a fan of the old ones, too. All the yeah. old Planet of the Apes movies. We, those would come on on Saturdays, and we'd watch those. And yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, should we jump into Platoon? Yeah. Before we do, yeah. yeah, I came across the... Uh, article the other day about Greg Berlanti mm-hmm. of uh, CW superhero yeah. guru is helming the remake of Little Shop of Horrors. Really? Which, they, is it going to be like the other like um, Rocky Horror Picture Show? And No. Is it a movie or is it's, it a it's TV? Gonna be, it's going to oh, be a movie. movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So the, no cast announced okay. as of yet, but it, I just thought it was it, worth bringing up since we had a lengthy discussion on who we would cast in it yeah. if we were to be doing a remake. That's cool. So it'll be interesting to see who they yeah, uh, do who they decide on. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. What? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's our go-to. 
For everything. For everything. For everything. All righty. Well, you know, Man Crush <clears throat> Monday. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, and by the time that uh, this comes out, we will be one day away from Rogue One. And so far, everything I've heard is positive. I've heard nothing. I don't know when Tammy and I... I know you guys all have, like, opening nights, opening mm-hmm. day, whatever. I don't know when Tammy and I are going to get there, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to taper down and, you know, reduce my... When you say taper down... Why would you down? taper down? Like, with scotch or duct or... Pardon me? Well, you know, just... Um, Whatever, whatever is available, but just okay. see it a little bit less of it. You know, like not just see a whole oh, bunch that, of people. Oh, the taper. There. Taper. Not, taper. Not, not tape, tape her down. Not tape her gotcha. Down. Don't I, do that. Taper no, down. No, not well, going yeah. yeah, and I know you've been going total blackout of it, so. Yeah, I mean, I've seen when, bits and pieces here. And mm-hmm. like, when I see I this, when, when Reed comes by my room on Friday morning with the thumbs, double thumbs up and the smile, mm-hmm. I'll know, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit here. No. <laughs> just sit there. There you go. <coughs> See now you got me all choked up. Um, everything I've heard about it has been I like I, I don't want to read any reviews. I don't, yeah, you have a problem? You okay? No, I'm good. Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Good. Yeah. Market A for awesome. There you go. Uh, no, actually, some people are some of the critics that got to see it on Saturday. I think it was was the premiere day. Um, have said some of them tweeted out because I don't want to read reviews. I don't want to hear anything about it. Um, but some of them tweeted out and said that either it was their favorite Star Wars movie of all of them, or it was their third or fourth favorite. Okay. Like after Star Wars and Empire, yeah. this one, like they were ranking this one higher than, some of them higher than Force Awakens and higher than Return of the Jedi, and this mm. one was their, cool. like, it was up there with the originals. Well, good. That's so, good. alrighty. Well, we will, and once the movie comes out, we will do an episode on that one, so that one will be coming in probably a couple weeks or so. But in the meantime, let's talk about Platoon. Uh, Platoon came out December 19th, 1986, was rated R for many things. Um, language, violence, blood, death, depression. More violence. Everything. More violence. Uh, directed by Oliver Stone, who did Wall Street, JFK, Natural Born Killers, Any Given Sunday, and any movie with some kind of conspiracy theory. Uh, produced by Arnold Coppelson who did Porky's, The Fugitive, Seven, The Devil's Advocate, uh, written by Oliver Stone, who also wrote Midnight Express, Conan the Barbarian, Scarface, and Wall Street. Music was done by Georges Delarue, who died in 1992. Oh, that rhymes. Uh, he also did the music for The Day of the Jackal, Twins, Beaches, and Steel Magnolias. Budget for this one was $6 million. Box office was $138.5 million in North America. Tom Berenger played Sergeant Barnes. He was in The Big Chill, Major League, Training Day, and Inception. Charlie Sheen played Charlie. Uh, he was... Wait a minute. His name no. wasn't Charlie. His name was Barney. Chris. Chris Barrow. Chris. Why did I put Charlie Chris in Taylor. There? I don't know. It's too many Charlies. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Chris Taylor. Too many Charlies. Because there was a Charlie in Top Gun, too. There was. Yeah, too many Charlies. Um, Codename for the enemy. Mm-hmm. Red Dawn, Major League, Wall Street, Hot Shots, and Two and a Half Men. Keith David played King. He was in The Thing, They Live, Roadhouse... Princess Mononoke and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Willem Dafoe plays Sergeant Elias. He was in The Last, Tem- Last Temptation of Christ, Clear and Present Danger, American Psycho, and Spider-Man. Uh, Forrest Whitaker played Big Harold. He was in Good Morning Vietnam, Species, Lee Daniels the Butler, and The Last King of Scotland. Francesco Quinn, who died in 2011. Francis- Francesco. Francesco. <clears throat> it's fun played, to say. It is fun to say. Uh, played Ra 
He was in The Young and the Restless, 24, and Transformers Dark of the Moon. Kevin Dillon played Bunny. He was in The Doors and the TV show Entourage. Uh, John C. McGinley played Sergeant O'Neill. He was in Wall Street, The Rock, Seven, Office Space, and Scrubs. Reggie Johnson played Junior. He was in The Principal and Private War. Mark Moses played Lieutenant Wolf. He was in The Doors, Desperate Housewives, the TV show, and Letters from Iwo Jima. Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this one an 88%. Audience gave it a 93%. Siskel gave it four stars and said, Platoon is filled with one fine performance after another, and one can only wish that every person who saw the cartoonish war fantasy that was Rambo would buy a ticket to Platoon and bear witness to something closer to the truth. Ebert also gave it four stars and said, It was Francois Truffaut who said that it's not possible to make an anti-war movie because all war movies, with their energy and sense of adventure, end up making combat look like fun. If Truffaut had lived to see Platoon, the best film of 1986, he might have wanted to modify his opinion. Here's a movie that regards combat from ground level, from the infantryman's point of view, and it does not make war look like fun. Uh, Cinema score, they gave this one an A. And some awards, I won the Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Tom Berenger, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Willem Dafoe, Best Writing, and Best Cinematography. It also won the Golden Globe for Best Picture Drama, Best Director, Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture, Tom Berenger, and was nominated for Best Screenplay, and it's got a whole bunch of other awards, if I was going to take the next half hour and list them all off. Uh, Chris Taylor foregoes college, family, and friends because he believes he needs to do something greater and serve his country just like his father and grandfather before him. While serving in Vietnam, he's caught between two sergeants with vastly different opinions on how the war should be fought. In 1967, Oliver Stone was a combat infantryman in Vietnam. During his tour, he received a bronze star for gallantry. Ten years later, in Hollywood, he was picking up an Oscar for the screenplay of Midnight Express. Now he has another story to tell, a movie that grew out of his own experience. Stone has come a long way from Vietnam, but he has not left it behind. So Oliver Stone wrote a screenplay for a movie called Break when he returned from Vietnam in 1968. It was never produced, but it eventually, it kind of essentially was the first draft of Platoon. Um, real quick, going back to that trailer, that made it look like a much more lighthearted movie than it was. Like, I kind of felt like that trailer was, it almost made it look like more of a buddy movie. I would say, it had more of a feel With the music like of, and the... of brotherhood right. and camaraderie. 
Yeah. If I hadn't seen the movie. <clears throat> yeah. See, I'd seen the movie, so that, it almost made it more sad because they had that, I, I forget the name of the pop tune, but they were playing that tune in the middle. Right. And, and it was just all <coughs> those, was those scenes of those guys just, you know, try, showing the bonds of brotherhood mm-hmm. and all that, and then it just showed them being, you know, horribly torn apart physically and mentally and everything like that. Yeah. So, but you're right. If you hadn't seen the movie. Right. That might be the takeaway. I, <clears throat> if you were watching that trailer in, in 86, and then you right. went to the theater thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see this war movie. and They were singing and dancing, and, yeah, yeah there was some fighting in between, but, yeah. yeah. And that was, yeah. That was definitely not what you would have seen. Uh, let's see. According to Oliver Stone, he intentionally cast Tom Berenger and Willem Dafoe against type. Uh, Berenger, up to that point, had usually played, um, you know, he's more famous for playing good guys, while Willem Dafoe was usually playing villains or kind of crazy people up to that point. Um, the casting seemed to work pretty well, and both men actually got Oscar nominations for their work. Uh, according to the DVD commentary, uh, when Chris saves a Vietnamese girl from being raped from some of the other guys in his platoon, um, apparently that is based off of an actual incident in which Oliver Stone intervened uh, when that was happening with his own platoon in Vietnam. And I guess a lot of the different scenes were he just kind of took all that from stuff that had happened to him when he was over there. Uh, Oliver Stone wrote the first draft of the actual Platoon screenplay in 71 and sent it to Jim Morrison of The Doors uh, because he was hoping that Jim Morrison would play the part uh, of Chris. And ultimately, I guess, Morrison did not ever get back to him, but when they found Jim Morrison uh, dead in Paris, he had the script on him at the time, so I guess he had been reading it and uh, might have been interested in it, but he did not live to be able to do that. Um... Oliver Stone made all of the actors go through a pretty intensive two-week boot camp, um, and I think he kind of purposefully made sure that they were hungry and sleep-deprived and tired, and so then when they got on set, they really did look like they had been in the war. Uh, movie is narr- one another interesting thing. Movie is narrated by Charlie Sheen, which kind of echoes the fact that his father was narrating uh, Apocalypse Now from just a few years before. Um... There were a couple times, I guess, that Oliver Stone um, suffered some kind of post-traumatic stress uh, episodes while he was on set, and they kind of had to, like, one of the other production guys was a, a military guy, or had been a Marine, and so he kind of had to, like, help calm him down a few times, because I guess he was having flashbacks to when he was in Vietnam. Platoon was the third highest grossing film of 1986. Uh, Crocodile Dundee came in second, and Top Gun came in first. Um, and the movie was filmed nearly sequentially, um, so as soon as characters were killed off, they left and went home. And so when you get to that final scene where Charlie Sheen is the only one left, he literally is the only one left in the movie because all the other actors have left and gone on to do their thing. So, this is kind of a weird question to start with, but what do you like about this movie? Is it a movie that you're meant to like? Let me put it that way. I don't think I don't think well I can't like this from an entertainment standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't think any I don't think I would in any way shape or form watch this movie and be uh, entertained. And I think I said this to Jeff this morning. You know I mean you know I'll I watch Commando, twenty four hours a day. You know mm-hmm. watch that where he's jumping off you know the mall and getting into the co- you know throwing the the security guards and you know we you know and all the zany stuff in there. Uh, this I I don't I personally am not you know entertained by it. I think it's. 
pretty insightful and a good visual jumping off point if you want to uh, study the Vietnam War and and so you can like it historically, just not. Yeah, I, I guess if we want to if we want to compartmentalize like that, but yeah, that's for me. I I, I like it very much from a historical standpoint. Um, I I guess I don't I'm, find much entertainment in it. Still trying to process the tone of the question, like you're saying. Like so, wait. When meaning entertaining, like you feel good after watching it, want to go. Oh, well, no. Yeah. That, okay, so that's all, that's okay, all okay, I'm interpreting. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, okay. So that's why I just said yeah. Like, more like you felt good by watching it, like the action was fun, and that's not what you're thinking. But, right. like, okay, because I'm processing it, like, very different. Like, to me, entertained by, I mean. To you, is entertained that you had a reaction to it? It doesn't have to be positive? Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a, like, to me, it was, I remember seeing that, I saw that as a kid. I saw, geez, I, I don't know how old I was when I saw that, but um, I liked it back then, and then I know we talked briefly about it, then I started watching. Well, how old And I'm like, and, and I, and even the, even the trailer, I think it just, it brings back, like, I remember, yeah, I had to be like, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't think we saw it at the theater. I don't think that, I think I remember it on, VH, on VHS, so it could have been. What year was it? Out? It was um, 86. 86, so it was so it 87. So 87, I was probably about 15, 16. So you were only a little bit younger than the guys that that was actually That was happening. actually happening, too. And to me, it was just, I mean, I felt the characters. I felt there was enough scenes in there. You know, I loved the scene where they're doing the singing, the camaraderie part. Like, mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, I mean, I remembered so much of this movie, having not seen it for a long time. Like, prior to this year, it was on. I saw about three-quarters of it. But, I mean, it's one of those movies that I'll stop and I'll watch. So, I mean, when you say entertained... It, enough to I think of it as enough to also hold my attention and you know but yeah it's not a feel good movie but it's not supposed right. to be it's mm-hmm. definitely an anti war film and mm-hmm. and it does it well so to me that's entertaining it, it, again the definition of the word I guess is mm-hmm. I'm just trying to clarify do you think it was anti war like I would rather I would personally especially when you're dealing with war I would probably watch Platoon over Commando. And oh, I think it's command over. But they're very different. Well, see, and that, no, they're very I different. But I'm saying, that, like, yeah. so, so, like, do you find like that action is kind of more cheesy stuff, a little bit more fun because you can kind of like it it's without fantasy. having exactly. It's exactly. So I'm saying, it's so you're like, not, so you're, yeah. you can enjoy it. I don't consider being, Commando a war movie. Yeah, I don't. And this is going to sound crazy. In my mind, I don't. I don't consider this an action movie. To me, yeah. an action movie is fun. It's it's just fun how fat, this is just how I do it for myself. Like a cathartic. A war movie is something that. Like, okay, that's, you put it on the shelf, you instruct yourself, you use yeah. that to further study. Yeah, so anyways, that's just like how thin, I break Thin it Red down. Line, a war movie that mm-hmm. I love, like the newer version of that. And it's like, that's not, you know, fun. Right. But, this almost, you know, I'll watch This it. almost strays more into documentary. Yeah. And is it, is it, is, do you think, is it intended to be anti-war? Or is it oh, yeah. just intended, well, or is it just intended to tell a story and... When you see that, the reaction is, why do we let it get to that point? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it is it meant to be an anti-war movie, or is it just meant to be a story about war? And our reaction is, wow, that's pretty that's pretty intense. You know, um, uh, Born on the Fourth of July is considered mm-hmm. an anti-war movie, mm-hmm. and I remember there's a number of people that I talked to that had very strong reactions. That movie is un-American. That shouldn't be watched. And da 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 da. However. Because they, they think, you know, they support the troops. and the, But yet, Platoon is something that they find, you know, in, in the way they define it, not, you know, was this pays 
homage to what these guys went went through. When, mm-hmm. you, so do you yeah. understand? You know, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I just think it brooks a further, you know, discussion. Jeff, how do you feel about this one? I don't you, know. Dennis was saying you were. He was talking to you. Were you talking to him earlier? And you yeah, said a little bit. You, were, you weren't yes. sure. You weren't I, sure what the message of I, this movie I, was. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel from this movie. And okay. Maybe that's part of the point of the movie is that you're not supposed to be able to define it in any uh, one way. Did I find it entertaining? No, I did not. How did I find it? Beats me. Mm-hmm. I just I, I about halfway through I, I realized I wasn't interested in it. And maybe it was, maybe it was genuinely, I just wasn't interested in it, mm-hmm. or maybe it was, there was just too much going on in the movie, and I was subconsciously turning myself away from it, mm-hmm. because I didn't want to process the, the heavy-handedness of it. I don't know. When it ended, I just sort of sat there and thought, okay, I don't know what to do with all this. Mm-hmm. Ended up going outside and shoveling because I couldn't quite figure out what I wanted to do. I felt like I needed to watch something after this. So you went to, from one hell to another. Yes. Yeah. Um, but like I, I was like, okay, what? I, should I see what's on the DVR? Should I watch another one of our movies? I just I didn't know what space my head was in when I was done with this. I'm like, I'm going outside, mm-hmm. and uh, and not that it it had me perplexed, and I wasn't thinking you know while I was shoveling and for the ensuing hours wow what what is he saying with this movie what's it i don't know it's just sort of this weird in limbo movie that that can either hit on 55 different levels or none i don't know what to do with it i don't i don't know how to try to fit it into a category fit it into a certain mold where it makes sense to me Did now you were you would Dennis? You said you would have been about fifteen when this came out when you watched this. And again, this this was my first time watching it. Was now would it if we didn't have as much of a connection with it? Because I almost kind of felt the same way. Like I get that he's trying to criticize the Vietnam War, and I get that. I think one thing that happened when I watched it was I lost track of the other characters beyond the three that I felt I was supposed to focus on. Mm-hmm. Like Elias, Barnes, Chris. And beyond that, when I looked at the credits and I was like, oh, Johnny Depp was in this movie? I Do I remember was... seeing Johnny Depp in this movie? And it, But I mean, some of the other characters, like the, the other side characters, like I completely forgot who was who, you know, except for <clears throat> King and Big Harold, some of the other guys that were kind of in his and Chris's group. But for the most part... I found myself not as interested in any of those other characters. I was interested well, in the interplay between those maybe, three. Maybe that's, that's the, the point fo- because the you have Barnes at one end, you have Barnes at one end, you have Elias at the other, yeah, right. and then you have Chris right in the middle, who's, who's like, middle? okay, right, Which what do we do? Go? So that's so that's what I focused in on. Was I kind of like you? I the rest of the movie for me was okay. I I, I get it. War is hell. Um, it took. I a, don't know if the war part. Was as interesting to me as watching the. It took a turn away from being a documentary right. and then became a 
a character study, if you will. Right. Or a, and that's what I think this movie is anyway. I don't think I because you know people are saying like that documentary or like you know about Vietnam War, and I, and I don't think they give you a ton of information about the Vietnam War as so much as say like the politics of it mm-hmm. or whether we should be there or not. I think it's you're diving into the life of these people. You're diving into a guy who's going to war trying to do good like what a lot of guys did and there you're faced with what does that mean what is doing good by serving and going to Vietnam doing and you have like you said you have Elias and you have Barnes and there's two different people who have a completely different way of doing things you have this new kid on the block who's trying to figure out what to do within this company the other characters aren't there they're just fillers to a certain degree because there has to be a company but it really is between a choice between him going that way and him going that way is he going to go with it? You know, and then seeing those play out. And I, and I think that it is a character study movie, and that's what I thought made it more interesting and entertaining for me. <clears throat> Just from the rape scene, from all those little incidents where it was like he's stopping them. I mean, when he shoots the one guy's wife, you know, because he snaps back and boom, he just blows her away. And then it's the whole court, court marshmallow. What do you, or court, court, what do I say? Court, court, court marshal. Court marshmallow. Court marshmallow. Court marshmallow. Um, <laughs> You know, it's the whole thing of like, is he going to get turned in? And mm-hmm. do you do what? Where? What's the morale? I think it's almost a, a morality and war type of movie. And what? What is the? Is there a right way, or is it just all messed up anyway? And does it matter? And is there no rules anymore? Well, I, I think the. I don't. Did you want to throw that? Close? No, because then okay. at the end, I mean, like, look at. I mean, you take it. You take a life, and Bar and and uh, Taylor is faced with that at the end of the movie anyway. So did he become more like? Elias, or did he become more like the person that he's killing? And I think that's I think part I think, of it is the kind of con- the confusion of it that yeah. there is no clear method that war overtakes everything, and I think it's the, in that spirit it's an anti-war movie, not necessarily even an anti-Vietnam specifically because they don't mention yeah. so much of the politics, but they mention well. But I almost feel like some of the scenes and the interactions are getting at the politics, you know, because you keep getting. I mean, they, you've got. You go into it kind of naive. There's a lot of confusion and jumbled up stuff in the middle, and nobody seems to be making any progress. And I kind of feel like some of the... And you get that big battle at yeah. the end where it's just, pfft, everybody's yeah. dead. Yeah. And so I almost get a feeling that, like... And Oliver Stone's kind of known for, you know, his political movies yeah. and stuff like that anyway. I almost get a feeling that, like, yes, you are dealing with this character study, but at the same time, it is a movie that is tracking maybe how he feels about the overall sense of the Vietnam War. Well, and I think I think what the movie shows is and I don't have my exact dates correct. I mean, was it set in 67 or 68 or Yeah, I think it was. I mean, when yeah. when when the war not 67, when, I think. Yeah, it was. not when it started because you know, right. the war in Vietnam started in the late 40s with the French, but right. I mean, when it when it actually started to get into this stage, I think the movie did a good job of showing a couple things. First of all, that the leadership in the army had been almost completely depleted in terms of you have a very young lieutenant that's basically getting bossed around by the sergeants. Mm -hmm. He's fresh out of college. What does he know about any of this stuff? And they, they, you know, token, um, uh, uh, um, respect, not respect, what's the wrong word, but um, allegiance to this Mm -hmm. lieutenant. They basically tell this guy what to do. Mm -hmm. By the end of the movie, he just doesn't even care about anything. You have um, the army, which at the start of the war was a professional army, and now you're seeing basically it's a conscript army. So whereas before when you started the war and you maybe had a core of the army that had been in the army deliberately, not just that they were um, drafted in, they chose to be there, they were experienced, they had several years in the army, if not actual combat experience, 
Now you have someone that, like, he, the year before, this kid had been in college. And so the army is filled with that. And so I think it just shows how things really started to just break down. The whole plan for the war. I mean, and by, the t- by that time, the Vietnam War had, had, what was it? It was basically go out on patrol and kill more of them then you get killed. And that's where they'd come back to America and they just published the body counts. Well, we got this many today, so we're winning the war. It showed the, the idea that, you know, not only were we fighting the North Vietnamese regulars, which, I mean, jungle fighting was, you know, they were getting caught on tripwires, there were snakes that, you know, and all this kind of thing, but they were fighting an insurgent war against the Viet Cong when they're exploring the tunnel that was booby-trapped. Right. When, you know, I mean... Like the village, which, I mean, it was the massacre in the village, but then as they were walking away, you heard the secondary explosions from the arms that they had, you know, that they had they'd taken out. So they had to fight an insurgent war, something that at that time our military wasn't trained to fight an insurgent war. That's where the Navy SEALs and the, um, uh, the Delta Force and all that were trained, you know, after the Vietnam War, really given that training to do that. And, and it just shows... I, I what I was fascinated with is it just depicts that where these just guys went out and it was like, are we moving ahead? Are we moving back? Are we taking ground? Are we not taking ground? We just basically go out and the goal is don't end up killed and kill more of them. But you didn't have the officer corps or the 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 um, the non-commissioned officer corps to keep these guys in control. I mean. Well, you, and, and you and mentioned. You see, just and in, I mean, the, the ward it just broke down. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned having a young lieutenant, that Lieutenant Wolf was that his name? I think so. And yeah, I think it was. And he, um, I did read somewhere that they use, they use clips of him in the movie in like officer training school to show you like not what not to do. Mm-hmm. Like they actually use some stuff from this movie in their training to say, okay, this is the kind of right lieutenant or officer well, that you should not be. But and, but he had nothing. <clears throat> Right. He was sent out with these guys, and he was just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to say, you know, you can't compare one movie to the other, you know, that it's all fact, but you see a depiction in the end of of um, the Band of Brothers when they were right on Germany's doorstep. And I mean, you know, that, you know, the Easy Company had been beaten down, and they had, you know, replacements brought in, and they had a young officer brought in. Well, they put him with... You know, there were experienced officers at every turn, you know, in the, in what that story they were depicting, saying, okay, you're not going to do that. Nope, you're not going out on there. Okay, you, you know, but this, you know, you're put out in the jungle and, you know, it's it's just, it's it's just a complete, it's, it's just a complete breakdown. There is, you've got nothing. And, you know, so you get into the moral questions, but is it morally right or wrong? What What's the battle plan? What's the end goal? What's the end game? What are we, and I think that's where it, that's where it, that broke down in reality, and I think this movie shows a good job, does a good job of depicting that, you know. Well, and I think the, the Barnes character is, I remember just being even, even responding to it back then, there's a point where he's just like, you know, like almost like just kind of cute. I think he was either drunk at the time. There was, I think there was a scene where he's just, and he basically he's, he's almost suicidal himself, and you could see that. It's not as clear, oh, here's this gung-ho crazy guy who's a bad guy. Here's Elias who's this good guy. Somewhere they were both the same person. This guy's still trying to maintain the right way of doing things as well as a conscious. And Barnes has just been so fed up. At some point, he probably was a decent guy. And he has just been so into this for so long and so confused and frustrated and sick of it. And that he did, and it's just persevere. You know, he's just got to, he's just going to survive. And whatever it means, I mean, and he doesn't care about life anymore. So it almost seems like he has been so beat down morally, spiritually, like, like that's... I think you're supposed to have a feeling at the end of this where it's uneasy. 
I think that's the goal, and that's why I think it's such a great film is that it succeeds in that. It's over, and you're kind of like, I mean, you, you, you shouldn't feel like, woohoo, you know? I think it's in, in complete contrast to, like, I think they even mentioned it somewhere, or maybe I was Ebert or somebody or Siskel, but there was the style of the John Wayne films, mm -hmm. and the, the Green Beret, and all these, which, and a lot of these movies which were sort of more, you know, very patriotic type of, uh, not necessarily glorifying war, but glorifying, glorifying patriot, war. Mm -hmm. the patriotic <laughs> aspect of it, to, you know, to, to that degree, <coughs> and, and that it's almost this clear-cut sort of easy decision. Or, and, and here, this was all about confusion and unsettling and who's right and who's wrong and this guy does stuff wrong but so does he and so does he and who's right in all this big messed up mess like and i think and that's what the feeling is that they want you to do and i think it does well, great and some people have argued that this movie has chosen not to depict a battle of good versus evil like you almost don't even i didn't even you feel like the times when they were fighting the Viet Cong or they the there. nba they're just there. Like yeah. there wasn't a. There's not a. There's like not like a hero and a villain. Dead, sometimes it's just right. Kind of like well, you're there. And, it's all and, the, the, and the scene in particular, because you don't. There aren't very many times where you actually see the. Uh, you see the NVA soldiers or the Viet Cong face to face. Yeah. But the scene that I do remember. That I remember from this movie and thinking, wow, that's, that's sad, is when they're attacking that bunker kind of towards the end, and the one guy just runs straight into the bunker and blows himself up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, like watching that scene, I didn't picture him as a villain, the guy running into that bunker. I'm like, wow, that, okay, that, that wouldn't be my tactics to run in and blow myself up like that and take other people with me. But I don't know that I viewed that character as a villain. Like I didn't see the yeah. Vietnamese yeah. army as villains One in this movie. It was just, mess. yeah, it was just like. You know who, what so, are we all doing here? You know, well, they never really showed their perspective, right. too, so you wouldn't <clears throat> see that. But right. Do you know who the... I find this interesting. You know who Ho Chi Minh modeled a lot of his inspiration? George Washington. Because it was... You were fighting against a superior colonial... Mm -hmm. And he, he modeled... In fact, there was... I even did some reading. I can't you know corroborate this or back this up with anything, but I did some reason where there was some assumption that the U.S., because of that, they thought the U.S. might be on their... Side understanding what oh, really? they were doing, you know. I mean, the regime that the South Vietnamese regime that we were propping up, mm -hmm. no one really wanted them. That's why we were the South, the Viet Cong yeah. were South Vietnamese, you know. I mean, if you look at the movie, um, um, We Were Soldiers, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. That's an, I saw once a long time ago, again, like another first came out. incredibly powerful movie based on a real story. And mm -hmm. I find it interesting to have watched that. And then this, because that shows the U.S. right when the U.S. really got involved in it. Most of the combat is still, you know, there is a battlefield, and they're only beginning to realize that this thing... And it's interesting because you sh they, that shows a professional army of people that have experience, and there's com complete, clear command, there's com clear discipline, the non-coms keep the, you know, the, 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 the lower, the private soldier in line. And then you back it up with this, where many of those people were dead and that that was it's it's just real interesting to see two different stories from two different points in the war showing two very different you know visions of what what really happened so i don't know i found myself distracted because it was an oliver stone movie and knowing what i what we all know of oliver stone and, and his ideas and and theories and such you're just not a fan of him as a director. I, I don't think. I don't think. No, I, I. Or of his reputation. I I think it was more like when you watch an M Night 
Shyamalan film, yeah, you and you're just know what to like expect. you're you're trying to figure out like okay, what's the twist going to be? Right. When I'm watching an Oliver Stone movie, and this was my first time watching this, mm-hmm. I immediately start looking for okay, what's the conspiracy going to be? What what's what what's his his subtext really trying to be? And maybe that was you know part of the reason why I wasn't just I, I just couldn't get into this movie is because I was trying too hard to make it uh, an Oliver Stone thing when maybe it wasn't quite the Oliver Stone thing that Oliver Stone would later become. What it becomes known for, yeah. So I, I, I think I kind of, I was the same way. I don't know, and, and I mean, you know, it's, and it's not to discredit him. He's a great filmmaker. I've seen, you know, a number of his movies. He's a great filmmaker. I just think it was, it's something that in, in my own head, I just couldn't get myself involved in the movie. And listening to you guys talk about it, I am tempted to maybe find a better time to sit down and try watching it again. Mm-hmm. Not in hopes that I'm going to walk away from it and think, oh man, I was way wrong. I love this. Right. This was great. But there's an, a, a level of understanding of this movie that I don't think I have, but I want to find. Mm-hmm. So I, would, I think I would be willing to give it another shot, if only to be able to better... To, to look at it through the, the lenses that you guys seemingly are able to watch this movie through just so I can have a, you know, just a, a better hold of, of the movie. Yeah. What did you say the original screenplay title was? Break. Break. That was the story. Spelled. That was a screenplay that he wrote right how immediately it, when he got back. How was it spelled? As in like to break something. Yeah. B-R-E-A-K. See, and I mean, when you go to look, what do you spell? If you go to some of the descriptions, I, I always was, I was trying to find out what the last thing as, as Charlie, well, uh, Barnes is or t- sorry Taylor is um, being airlifted and what he was kind of saying and I, and I think that you know, often go to those type of moments and there's the moment where he's being lifted out of there I found it somewhere oh. it says uh, as he's airlifted from the scene his voice speaking for the, from the present says those of us who did make it have an obligation to build again to teach others what we know and to try to try to with what's left of our lives to find goodness and meaning in this life and I think it was like that whole idea of them becoming so lost and stupefied and mm-hmm. had this chaotic world of what it was. Constant. I think it did a great job of always feeling like constant pressure. Like I feel like they can never, I remember them sleeping or like trying to sleep in the mm-hmm. jungle. And you can, you never knew, like, you never knew what was going to happen, whether it's the jungle going to get you or whether it's the, you know, it was the, the enemy going to get you. And, and I think conveyed that like lost, chaotic, stupefied and, and that whole idea at the end now that these guys lie, and I think that's what it was supposed to do, and I think that's why it did do it well. Um, <coughs> I'm wondering, why, and I was looking for the original title, because why would he call it Break? Right. Is that like these men were broken? Yeah. And now well, it's and I also, well, I also wonder down. if it's, it seems to me that it did a good job of some of the other sentiments that I've heard. I mean, obviously I wasn't old enough back then to really know a whole lot about people having come back from the Vietnam War and I wasn't born to lady, so. Um, but it seems like one of the things that I remember reading about Vietnam was, and that's something he says at the beginning of the movie, that Chris says, well, I, I thought I should do something because I wanted to do something for my country like my father did, like my grandfather did. And I just remember reading, I took a class in college on the history of war. And when we got to talking about Vietnam, that was one of the big things because I think the professor I had I don't know if he had been in Vietnam or he had family that was, but he talked a lot about that. It was the, you know, these guys went off to war thinking, hey, this is, we had World War I, we had World War II, 
now I'm going to be revered as a hero because I'm going off to, this is my generation's war. war. I'm going to be revered as a hero just like my dad was, just like my grandpa was. And you come back from this war and not only are they, not only are they not revered, but psychologically they seem, I don't know if they seem more messed up than anybody who came back from the other wars, but maybe we just knew more about the psychology of war at that point. And to Dennis's point, I mean, you know, and I don't know that it was necessarily every single person, but they weren't given ticker tape parades. There was right. no thank a soldier. Fact, they, I mean, they were quite spit the opposite. Some people were right. spit, they were spit yeah. on. Yeah. And, and they called every single, you know, every, mm-hmm. they were... They Which were is when you get the born on the 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. And and, the, and that's, you know, I, I find it interesting to see, you know, nothing was really talked about. No one said, you know, what what happened over there? You know, mm-hmm. Can you... I mean, that whole, I, I think it began to change maybe around Desert Storm when mm-hmm. those guys came back. And, I mean, it was the ticker tape parade, mm-hmm. and then it was, and now it's become something that's swung so far that well, that's it a, comes into the political Desert, debate of... Desert Storm was kind of the first time you started to talk about, like, PTSD and... That was the beginning. Stuff like uh, that. Right. Yeah. And then it was, and then it was, <coughs> and, and now it's become a, a, a political thing where... You know, recent wars we've been in. If you don't quite support the war, yeah, but you better support the troops, and mm-hmm. that's been manipulated by either side. Right. To if you don't support the war, well, then you don't. You know, supporting the troops is a big thing, and you yeah. put that. Dennis put the thing on the morning news, where it showed the person at possibly of the Vietnam War era sitting there, and the kids were going up and thanking the soldier. Anyways, they don't thank the guy from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and then the soldier does, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of that's a lot of that's changed, and I I haven't gone through any of this. I mean, I've never been a soldier, but I right. just find that movie. You know, interesting at the time that it came out. You know what, what people that had gone through that, any of that, would have thought, and um, so yeah. Well, that's that's what I wondered, and that's why I wondered you having seen this when it came out, because you know, I mean, we're we're three decades removed from it. So I don't have a sense, having just watched this last week, I don't have a sense of what it was like to watch this movie when it came out. I I find now that movies that come out now that are about current wars, either Afghanistan or you know, Desert Story, I mean, any of the wars that we've had lately, you know, the war on terror and everything else, I, I have not watched many of them lately just because... I, I might be worried that they're too political, and maybe that's why I've avoided watching them. So I'm wondering if, like, I don't have a sense of, you know, I've watched a movie about a war that we're in now, or a war that we were recently in. So I kind of wonder what it was like to watch at the time, knowing that we had just come out of Vietnam and what the reactions would have been then. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, like, it, I, just, I just know that at my age... And we grew up in a, my, my, I mean, my dad was a kind of a war history buff and, and like that, and to a certain degree he sounded, and he tried to always make the connection with sports and whatever and competition. I think he used some of that, like he was always inspired by like the generals and Patton and how they inspire yeah. their troops, and I think he saw his swimmers as troops, and you know, and he kind of made that connection, had not served in the war himself, mm-hmm. but um, so we grew up in that kind of thing, like war is cool and you go get your guns, mm-hmm. and, you go, da, da, da. and I remember at this point, you know, 15, 16 now, and, and you're watching this film. And having seen, you know, a lot of the other, and, and yeah, war was hell, and you got that message, but it was always kind of still this, like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, just, some people die, but other people, you know, are the heroes, and everything else is great um, in the end. And and I think seeing this movie gave me that numb feeling 
that made you look at it differently and you looked at it from the soldiers and you looked at like what would it really like to be like to be there if I, I for the first time I put myself there like <clears throat> really you there because you you're don't kid, always you're playing well, you you're don't always get a, but you're not really putting yourself you don't always forward. get a rousing speech from your general no you know, at the beginning and here there was none of that there right. was no rousing general no. there was like you said there was no clear leadership <clears throat> in at this point nobody's in charge it's no. all chaotic everyone's numb you're all trying to grab, you know, and you see people doing things that you can't, you know. And I remember the sickness when they were trying to rape the girl, mm -hmm. and it was like somebody stop it. So then when you see Elias stop it, or actually Bar Barnes, or no Taylor stop it. Taylor stop it, yeah. Um, it just you're like good. There's somebody. That's what I would have done, you know. And then you're like okay, and you're now you start <clears throat> identifying with that character, and then all of a sudden you're like oh. I really like this Elias character. And you start to identify with him, and then he's gone. And all of a sudden, okay, so who do and, and you start trying to picture yourself, like, in that situation, who would you be? Like, that's how I used to always watch movies. and go, which, which was the person I wanted to be in this movie? And at, and at this point, like, out of all these characters, man, by the end of it, you're going, I don't want to be in this movie. <laughs> which would be exactly what these guys dealt with going to the war. And then, and then knowing I knew about, like, them coming back and being spit on and being treated and treated poor, and I just thought... Yeah, I mean, how crappy is that to go off, deal with what you, you dealt with, have drug habits coming back, can't get a job, mental illness, PST, you know, the, the, the post-traumatic stress and everything else, and to come back and then be treated like, like you're the enemy mm -hmm. in your own place. Yeah. And I just thought, how lonely of a life could that be for those, for those guys? So it changed my whole view of like, I mean, I, it's a big, it was a big movie for me, like that movie. Because it was like I think the first Vietnam movie that I think I, I didn't see Apocalypse Now, um, at that point yeah I just had never seen it for whatever reason. So this one was the first one, and to me it was a character study, and you felt for those three people, and and I think it just put you in the trenches basically or in the jungle. Did you ever read Soldiers Home? No. Short story by Hemingway about a, a soldier who was late in returning back to the states after World War One, and. Because he returned home after a lot of other troops already had, you know, he didn't get his ticker tape celebration and his family didn't know how to help him um, deal with the, the PTSD of, of fighting and the battles he fought in. And, you know, so a lot of his feelings were ignored and his family treated him as they did before he uh, before he even left, couldn't get a job, didn't uh, didn't have a home in his hometown anymore. This was written in 25, I think. But, it, you know, it's it's making a connection between that story and how uh, Vietnam veterans were treated when they, when they came home. Yeah. Um, the, the U.S. lost. Well, like, I mean, and that's the hard thing. Is that there, there was no praise because there wasn't much to... So, I mean, you had those scenes of, you know, the helicopters taking off of Saigon and the people hanging on, and, and I mean, it was, and, and, I, and I, hate, I hate to say for what, but I mean, now there's a tourism industry, we have um, part, trade mm -hmm. <laughs> partnerships with these guys, you know, and, right. and, I, and so I just say... I, <clears throat> but it's it, one of those situations where it's like, is would that have happened anyway? Or did it happen because we were there for a period of time? And the, I mean, because this movie makes you feel like what what influence do we have other than they died and we died? Yeah, I, I see, yeah. yeah. And that, well, that, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of mm -hmm. what my point is, is that 
we're not, there's no hostilities there. I mean, mm. you know, like, it's just, and so, I mean, it's it's not my place, and I sure as heck don't question the, the guy. I mean, it was Norman Schwarzkopf's quote that his book is, his autobiography is, it doesn't take a hero. And it, the mm. quote is, it doesn't take a hero to lead troops into battle, or send troops into battle. It takes a hero to be that troop, to pick up yeah. the thing and go into battle. And I, I, but you know, you see that, and now you're hit with the futility of, you know, what, what's the, you know, what's the purpose, and is there a, is there a better way? Yeah. I, that was an awful lot. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm not going to ask about a, a, I'm not going to word it this way as like a favorite scene. Is there a scene in this movie that is most memorable to you? That ha- okay, so everybody, for the folks listening at home and can't see us, uh, everybody just put their hands up in the air. I think that would have been mine too, was the Elias getting shot with his hands up in the air. Yeah. Just the running... And seeing that and being so helpless on the, mm-hmm. and seeing that happen, it's just, that, that seems just, yeah. Supposedly, he had a whole bunch of fake blood packets that were in his jacket that were supposed to go off, and they didn't. So they were, initially, they were like, well, okay, let's scrap that scene, and we'll we'll film it again, and we'll do it. But when they looked at it, they're like, mm, yeah, no, let's just keep it the way it was. Um, but that, because of the malfunction of it, they were almost going to cut that scene. Mm-hmm. And like, ah, let's do it again. But they looked at it and they're like, "No, it was that was dramatic enough without the yeah. without the blood coming out of him." So is that? Do we all agree? That on? one, yeah, that one sticks to me. Then I also remember. Well, I mean, because I mean, that's the movie cover too. That's I mean, the that's movie the cover big too. Big moment then, in the, yeah. And I heard that, that was based off of an actual photograph, I believe. I think I read that somewhere. I mean, <clears throat> my son did a. Uh, we did the. the he was. He was dressed in military. We did the trailer. He was probably like. Eight or nine. I don't know, he, was, he was young, but he we did this, uh, correct, trailer, this corrupting soldier, him early. The soldier boy thing, and, and, oh, yeah. and he mm-hmm. slides through the cafeteria, and we we're just practicing. Oh, I remember doing that. Yeah. And at one point, when he runs through and he, you know, he kind of gets shot, he kind of does <laughs> does the sort of the same arm thing. I think I either directed that because I was like, dude, that scene was so good in a movie you're going to see one day. Um, did you play Adagio for strings in the? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, we should have. Yeah, but um, I think that, and then the, the scene. I just for some reason when when. They come back and they're all singing "Tears of a Clown." That's mm-hmm. I just love that scene too, and that's because I think it's the contrast of like these are just kids and these are just guys and they're just this is they should be at home doing this and they're over there and there's only glimpse of home is that song that comes on the radio mm-hmm. and and they're having you know and they're doing some other stuff but it's like um, these kids are they're 18 years old and they're thrown into this and mess. they're thrown into this thing and I'm thinking like over here <coughs> you would say you know parents are told okay well if the kids are going to have a party make sure there's a party even if they're 18 you want to monitor them and blah 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 <laughs> you look at what they're throwing why well because kids don't always exhibit the best judgment in the whole thing right. and then you look what it's thrown into right and it's just uh... it just there's a thing I had found from somebody that I wasn't going to be able to paraphrase good enough but um I wrote about the whole thing about the, the sergeants and the whole you know good and bad or light and dark or whatever and said, some people have complained about this allegorical use of the two sergeants. I have no problem with them. Both seem real enough to me. Barnes, as the sergeant of darkness, is simply extraordinary. When he says, I am reality, I believe him. And if I were a member of that platoon, I would alternately loathe him and figure out he was my only ticket home. Elias, Willem Defoe, as a sergeant of light, seems even more haunting, an idealized portrait of human sweetness wasting away in the dark. If they are not who we are, they are certainly who we can become. So I just thought like that whole, and, and like I said, it wasn't a clear evil dark, mm-hmm. and I had no problem. I liked that, that there was this kind of, you saw what war's done to this guy, and you saw this other guy still trying to remain on, mm-hmm. hold on to his humanity, a sense of right and wrong, and that there is a, a, a still a line 
And the other guy's saying that line's been blown away mm-hmm. a long time ago. Barnes reminded me of stuff that I'd read about uh, General Sherman from the Civil War. Mm-hmm. The kind of the, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to win, the end justifies the means, but because it's war, and war is not... War is not gentlemanly. War is not like, you know, to go to Hamilton. War is not a set of rules. You know, it's war. You're going to kill each other. It's cruel. Actually, I had a... There was a speech that he gave uh, in 1879. He gave a speech to, I think it was a Michigan military academy, and he said, you don't know the horrible aspects of war. I've been through two wars, and I know. I've seen cities and homes in ashes. I've seen thousands of men lying on the ground, their dead faces looking up at the skies. I tell you, war is hell. And I hear that quote, and I'm like, okay, so maybe we didn't learn. <laughs> if, it's, if, if this movie is having to tell a general audience that war is hell by depicting it in this way, and yet we had someone give a speech nearly 100 years ago that said the same thing, then, which then to me is interesting that movies, you know, up to, and, and this maybe is just the, my ignorance of, you know, other American war movies from before Apocalypse Now and Platoon and Hamburger Hill and some of these other ones is, like I said before, it's it's a lot of the John Wayne stuff. It's a lot of the, hey, war's, war's an adventure. Watch John Wayne's movie on the Vietnam War called mm-hmm. The Green Berets. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, it's almost, at first you want to say it's almost insulting. <clears throat> yeah. Like, that it's like, but then, it was, you know... Was combat in World War Two any different? Was combat right. in Korea? Was combat in the you know? And I I just interrupted your thought. No, no, no. I think no. this movie maybe did this movie open it up and say, well, let's maybe go back and revisit some of these things we think about with, you know, these 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 older, mm-hmm. you know, these older these older movies and these these scenes because not everybody gets shot shuts their eyes and has this angelic look on their face and. You know, I'm going home. Right. You know, pray for me and blah blah blah. You know, gets their final words and <clears throat> maybe this maybe this movie kind of helped blow that open. I interrupted your thought. No, no, no. But but even when I say that, you know, and then I I come to something I was thinking about earlier, and, and I was you know, ask you guys this as well. I was trying to think of well, what are some of my favorite war movies? And when I looked at my favorite war movies, they are not movies that are bringing the realistic take on war. Um, I I picked five. I was like, I'm gonna my war movies or stories. Um, I said Braveheart, uh, Three Kings, the book Ender's Game. You know that's science fiction, um, and then Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. the TV show, the newer TV show. Um, the other one I had, and this was the first movie I remember watching that dealt with the Vietnam War, and it's still by far my favorite, um, is Good Morning Vietnam. And that's a very different take. And I, I think, you and I talked about this when we were talking about Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily need a hyper-realistic look at, oh my God, here's the corruption and here's the death and here's the de-. I don't need that to cause me to question things and to look at them in a different way. I can do that with a movie like Good Morning Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Like I can see that movie. And I remember watching that as a kid thinking, wow, that's not a... That's not the the war that you think of when you've got the heroes, the soldier that's going off to fight, and there's some kind of questionable stuff that's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I didn't need the Oliver Stone take on it. It's not to say that I didn't... I, I don't even... I, Jeff, I'm a little bit like you. I, I don't know what to think about this movie. I don't know that I liked it. I don't... I was entertained, I think, in the way that Dennis was entertained, in that I can see this 
for what it is as a piece of art, mm-hmm. as a film. I'm not coming out of it with that sense of, yes, the good guys won, or, yeah. you know, go America, you know, not that kind Can't of a thing. to see this part again. You know, you don't have that like right. Yeah, but there yeah, is a I, part I of. I'm glad I don't need to watch say, this movie. I, I, I can't. Right. I, I can't think but that. At the same time, I say. I can't think of a time I'm going to go back and rewatch this unless years from now something brings it up in my mind, and I'm like, you know what? I that makes me think of Platoon. I'm going to go back and re. But I'm not. It's not a thing where like, hey, once a year I'm watching Platoon. Well, whereas, I, whereas like Braveheart, Good Morning Vietnam, I'll watch those over and over again. Give, there, given the struggle that Stone had to get this thing made. Could it have could it have been made without Apocalypse Now being done in the late seventies? I don't think so. I think because I think you had to have, I think you had to have at least a successful successful movie that questioned war for this one to be able to get made. Because otherwise, that's what I was thinking too. Because yeah, otherwise, I don't all you've if, got are the John Waynes and the. I don't know the if this stuff. movie would have been enough to. Start opening up those doors of yeah. conversation and thought. He was still new enough at that point that he didn't have the influence. To so I think that you know, needed this movie needed Apocalypse Now to come before it mm-hmm. to share another story. Right. And and Apocalypse Now. I mean, and you correct me if I've seen it once, twice. I know the book, The Into Darkness, wasn't that the Heart book? of Darkness? Heart of yeah. Darkness. It was based on that movie. Seemed. I don't say this in a dismissive manner, but that movie seemed to be a little bit more on the theatrical slash story, you know, fictional story set in the Vietnam War as opposed to a a a, a war picture. Am I am I in right or wrong? I mean, it seemed to track more with the yeah, book. I mean, they just happened to set it in Vietnam as opposed a, to it, the I middle think of Africa. In, in a lot of ways, it's similar because it's a character study of um, Martin Sheen's character, and then. Um, Marlon Brando's character. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's it's with the backdrop of the war. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's necessarily focusing on the war, but the war is part of the backdrop. part of the reason that's so causing all the So then, stuff. let's say it, it is more fictional. Does Platoon still need it to still. become a thing? Maybe. Like, like maybe it needed that gritty fictional take on the Vietnam War. If, if you, if you, to, to be able to introduce. The, the the this realistic yeah. expression it, of, of what the war was. If if we got our teeth kicked in and you have soldiers coming home and throwing their uniforms in the trash so they're not spit upon, you know, and there's and all this confusion and and, and people just didn't talk about it. People just did not talk. Now they didn't necessarily well, no, I mean World War Two there were all these movies made you know, and there were the ticker tape this just it wasn't, you know, even talked about. And like I said, I remember growing up and it was well, we didn't lose the war. It was just, you know, it was a draw, or we pulled out, or what, you know, there, to to be to talk about it in the, the terms as stark as what it is now. It seemed to have taken thirty years. So to your point, yeah, maybe you needed to kind of put that in and have everyone go, ooh, apocalypse now. Why are we setting this? Why are we going here? Where? Oh, okay. This story is a little bit more fiction, but okay, it's set in all right. You know, it's a little unsettling. But I mean, even that, and then, and then it blows it open. So when he goes with this, because I don't know that Apocalypse Now is a criticism of the Vietnam War. I think it's a criticism of war in general right. and what it does to people. And I think this one is definitely more of a criticism of Vietnam. Right, but that, but my but point, yeah, my, my, my point, being, point yeah. in order for Stone to, to get this movie made, oh yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't think with without an, another gritty look at war. Mm-hmm. 
this movie would have been a thing. No. I, I, I think it almost needed Apocalypse yeah. Now to... You need a buffer. <clears throat> to, to start breaching that idea of, you know, it's not all Green Berets. Mm-hmm. The movie, the yeah. John Wayne thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't. I think. Yeah. I mean, I I can only speak for something I know a little bit more about with with music. In that nothing's made in a vacuum. No one started. Well, I'm going to invent this. Tr-, you know, everyone has seen and been influenced by something. Audiences are kind of prepared by the artist that comes before. So I think your point is exactly the full, would be right. Full on. Metal Jacket came out eighty seven. Yeah. So we'll be getting to that one next That'll year. That'll be next year. Yeah. Oh, sh- Full, bit, <laughs> full Metal Jacket and Hamburger Hill are next, and Good Morning Vietnam are next year. So we've got well, let's some, do those in January just to get them out of the way. <laughs> January, January is all the lighthearted uh, family movies. <laughs> we three, were, three Men and a Baby. We were soldiers. Is also, I mean, that's not I mean, that's years yeah, after. Yeah, I know you're talking about East Simmons. Yeah, you start thinking about like other war movies, and it's like when you start naming like Braveheart, and I start okay, well, well, so, like, so let's, so let's like do that. Three. Can you can you name? Okay, I can name ten. Five. Well, can you name five? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it to five. Well, I mean, if you go through, like, because when you, I had five, and then when you started saying Braveheart, I, saying, I started going, well, then you got to throw Glory in there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a whole war, it's a war movie, mm-hmm. Glory. And it has, I was, I, mean, I was picking my favorite, Then does though. The Deer Hunter come into that, because The Deer yeah. Hunter makes me think a little bit of how I felt watching this mm-hmm. movie, which I saw this, I saw Deer Hunter two years after, as a junior at St. Joe's. Well, to, actually, to go back to Jeff's point, there were some things that I read that said, some people believe that this movie would not have gotten made if it weren't for Apocalypse Now and Deer Hunter. Okay. That those, that those were the two that kind of influenced helping this one get made. Um, Paths of Glory, a Kirk Douglas one. I remember my dad watched mm-hmm. that one a lot. I remember seeing that. That was a good one. And that one, I think, is does a pretty decent, not, you know, it's not a glory, huh? you know, like rah-rah type of thing. Um, if you want to go modern, I'd go Lone Survivor. I think it's definitely a feel towards that. that um, Dirty Dozen. Okay. And then a favorite of mine growing up, I did see this one at the theater, which I think was 1980. It's uh, it was called the Big Red One. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill it was, was with in Mark Hamill yeah. in it, mm-hmm. and that one had again. I don't think it was a very glorifying feeling of war. I remember seeing the. You know, they were the in kid. the Pacific, there, right? Um, was it the first? Was it the first Marine Division? Uh, that was against like maybe. Marine. Or was it, it a Rommel, you said? Was it was it against like I'm trying to think? I, I can't city. remember. I I don't know. You probably know better than me. I mean. I can't remember. I don't remember he was in that. That was that was one that I remember just. I mean Midway. Uh, if you want to throw fun sort of when I say I don't know how you say fun, but The Great Escape. That'd be on my list for sure. Great Escape. Stalag Seventeen. Great Escape. Good. Yeah, like I said, I came up with a bunch. Um, See, having previously fought World War One, unnamed sergeant, one of the lead soldiers of the U.S. First Infantry. Infer- Starship Infer- Troopers. That's not a good movie. No, but you know what? The guy that wrote that book, he was influenced on on a lot of the things. But like, you know, the bugs that shot the things up in the air, he remembers seeing those as anti-aircraft guns. So there were a lot of things that he modeled. Well, and and the book is a serious... The book is a yeah. serious take on yeah. war and, and a criticism. For the, uh, for the big red one, it's uh, North Africa and Sicily. Oh, okay, yeah. And the D-Day right. landings and liberating Nazi concentration camp. Okay. I'm thinking of Thin Red Line. Something else, right? Oh, Which I was going to say, one, yeah. yeah, that's the one that, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that's and that's another one that is my one of my favorites. And I mean, if you want to really, I think that does such a nice job. of kind of the, Similar to this, and I wouldn't say it's cleaner, but it's because you don't have that. You're just you just get snapshot of all these different stories and you get the and, and it's Terrence Malick so 
the style that I know Jason can't stand is Terrence Malick's slow pace, but I mm-hmm. just think it's so good because you just absorbed into it. And you have to be in the right mood to watch it, but I think Thin Red Line is probably my favorite, if you want to call it an anti-war movie. I mean, it's, nobody's mentioned Saving Private Ryan. Uh, but well, yeah, ours. I was going to say Private Ryan. Ryan. I, that's a movie that I'll, I'll watch yeah. twice a year, maybe. Um, so that's, I mean, that one's definitely on my list. Great Escape, like you said, that'd be another one uh, that I'd put on my list. I, I would also submit, collectively, Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a, a really brilliant. I still have not watched miniseries. any Band of Brothers. Oh. I need to go. The book's really go good find too. It. Is it on? Yeah. Is it streaming anywhere? Amazon Prime. Okay, I have Amazon Prime now. So, yeah, I still have not seen that yet. I think my brother watched it when Black it don't start first t- came out. Don't start tonight. You'll call in tomorrow to finish it. Okay. Black Hawk Down. That's a good one. Um, there was a yeah, there was das, a stretch of time because I and some of the ones yeah. the das boot actually that das was on my list yeah, yeah if I could go to ten that would be on my list, um, but like, I do like the ones that you know you still are able to throw in a little bit of humor like the Saving Private Ryan the I don't know if I, I don't know if I would rank I don't think I would rank higher all of the very realistic gritty serious, you know there was a little bit of humor in this one but not I mean it was overshadowed by everything else going on. But like some of my favorites would be like Three Kings. I remember when that movie came out, I probably watched that movie once every couple of months. Um, the George Clooney and who was it Ice Ice Cube? Ice Cube. Which Wahlberg Ice was it? Mark Mar- Ice Mark, I think. Yeah, Mark was it Mark Wahlberg? Wahlberg? Okay, yeah. yeah. I remember watching that one once every couple months or so. Um, but I mean that Good Morning Vietnam, I. I don't know if I like my war movies too serious, which is why I, this it sounds I funny. Right. I mean, yeah. In a way, you right. know what I'm saying. The irony. Of like, it, yeah, <laughs> it's like I don't like the realism of the war. Right. I want, you know, I want it to be. Well, because because in my head, I'm like, yeah. well, I know. You, you know, to take Sherman's know. quote, I know war is hell. Not that I've been in war, yeah. but I can imagine. I, I can imagine that, and I don't want to. Like I, and that's the benefit of living in a country where I'm not. I'm not drafted, and I'm not required to go off to war. I am very, very thankful that I don't have to because I wouldn't want to. Um, if I lived in a country where I did, sure, I would, but I'm glad that I don't have to, and I'm glad that there are other people who are willing to do that, and I thank them every day for what they do. But, yeah, I, I when I'm watching a movie about war, I wouldn't necessarily seek out the gritty, realistic, serious war movie. Did you ever see Tigerland? No. Colin Farrell? Heard of it? Yeah, I haven't seen it. A group of uh, a group of recruits go through advanced infantry training at Fort Polk, Louisiana's infamous Tigerland. Last stop uh, before Vietnam for tens of thousands of young men in 1971. Hmm. Um, Colin Farrell did a great job in that movie, and it just—I mean, it, it. I've never even heard of it. It offers a glimpse of how, on this side, they were trying to prepare uh, boys to go to battle uh, and when you take a movie like that and then you compare it to stories like you get out of Platoon you know you're like what the hell are they preparing them for you know it, it's almost as if you know the, the the army just was so out of touch with the reality of the Vietnam War that you know it was, we're going to put you through all this the, the, these training regiments because we feel that's what we're supposed to do but and what is it really preparing you for? Hmm, who the hell knows? Right. 
But I mean, I, I would say that, you know, everyone should... I, I think you guys should check that movie out at least once. Tigerland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might have it. I might be able to. Yeah, okay. A war horse. I haven't seen that one either. You've never seen War Horse? Mm-hmm. I tried reading Getting the, it that. That was... That was wasn't that a Spielberg movie? Yeah. I tried reading the book. Get that. It's good. And I had to you, stop reading. It, right? I had to stop reading the book because I. You haven't seen War Horse? I yeah. was so bored by the, how ridiculous the book was. I was like, oh, this really is crazy. <laughs> I'm not reading this thing. Did we talk about your War favorite movies? movies uh, well, I see, you know, and I. I I, th- I think I've said it before. Which like, ones feature motorcycles? Which yeah, that's the greatest. Uh, there it is. Uh, you know, I'll kind of almost if I'm going to sit down and watch something on the war on on a war, I'll usually. You would go documentary, wouldn't you? That or I'd watch something that probably was on the grittier side of thing, okay. and I wouldn't be looking on a Friday night. Pop some popcorn. Let's throw right. in some you know. Let's Pearl, throw in some platoon. Right. You know, and Pearl Harbor, right? Yeah, Pearl Harbor Pearl is at the top of my favorite. list for when I want to see destruction and complete gritty de- moral decay. I watch. You watch the making of Pearl but, Harbor. The making, but, but enough about movie making. But enough about movie making. Um, I don't know. I I think um, I, I'm going to blow this list way open with five, no more than five. But I think Lone Survivor is pretty amazing. Um, uh, American Sniper. Is, I haven't seen that one. That is a that is a wonderful movie. Now, uh, on the on the American Sniper, did you feel that? And I'm not I'm I'm not saying this is my view. I'm just saying wasn't there some controversy over whether that that was too glorified of this killer type of is that a little bit more of the as pro you know like anything you, you got to look at something like that you've got to read books on that you've got to see making i mean it's it's just for me these kinds of movies are a piece in a puzzle that you know that you put a piece of a complete picture that you get from books first-hand accounts interviewing people talking listening wait 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 so we can't watch just one thing and then think we know it all I'm gonna bite my tongue. I'm gonna say something, but uh, yeah, I, that would be my that would be a an important you know takeaway. That's what a member of society are you? I, I don't know. I don't know. Educating yourself. I I Please. what can I say? The, but uh, so I Sniper, watched Basic Instinct this one time. What you're saying is that's not accurate. I I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the um, I, I've read some articles in okay. magazines. <laughs> Yeah, I've read some articles. I've read some articles about. It. I look at a lot of magazines with that stuff in there. So I mean, I'm no, but I, you know, I think American Sniper. I it, the it was made. You know what, Clint Eastwood when he makes movies, as as much as he's got pretty prevalent political opinions, when you hear him interviewed, I think his movies do a pretty good job of of just telling a story. And like anything, and that even came out. You know, everyone wanted to take and politicize something like American Sniper, and I think what it was, like I said, with this movie. I think he's just telling this guy's story. And it's like, look, this is the story. You can assess... What Lo- love it or hate what, it. <laughs> love it or hate it, but this is the story. Yeah. Now, read and see what they changed and how they changed it and so forth, but this is the story. This is this is what, you know... So the next time everybody starts getting all, well, we got to go, you know, the solution to our foreign policy problems, just bomb the snot out of them. Realize there's some kid pulling a trigger, or there's some kid flying that plane, or there's someone there that's going to become cannon fodder for you just to sit in a cushy office and say just bomb the snot out of them. I think that's the the message. With anyway, American. I'm sorry, American Sniper. Um, uh, uh, we were soldiers. Uh, Black Hawk Down. Memphis Bell. Um, Memphis Bell. Uh, uh, Twelve o'clock high. Um, is a, is an older one, but a, a very 
good Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Um, uh, this movie, Platoon, uh, is Saving Private Ryan, the band of brothers that you, that you mentioned. Um, Glory, I think I already mentioned Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. But I, I think those... I think those movies. I have not yet seen The Hurt Locker, um, but I've heard that's a pretty powerful, uh, pretty powerful uh, movie as well. Um, but I guess those would be my if I was going to sit down and, and say, you know, here's a movie that, you know. And but like I said, like Platoon, I, I said under my breath, I'm glad I've seen it. And now I cannot watch it for another four or five years, not to hide from it, but it's just. Oof. Yeah. The, the, to choose. To choose to watch that movie without any specific reason, your head must, you know, your head just has to be in a really weird space. Yeah. Sit down and say, oh, yeah, Platoon, I'm... There's, to watch the whole movie, I think there's some key scenes that I still like to see. Like, like there's some key scenes throughout that movie that I would like to, I could probably watch it. Like, but you're not going to be like, oh, what should no, I well, let's go on. You're going to look for your right movie now. collection, no, like, oh, no. Platoon, no. yeah. I'll, no. Throw this one on there. No, definitely not. Did you ever watch uh, The Pacific? I that was that a miniseries? Yeah, it was another miniseries, HBO miniseries I, that came out after Band of after, after they did yeah. Band was of it, Brothers. Was now that that was kind of along the same lines. Attract these four guys, right? Right. Except it was. Uh, uh, yes. You know what? I saw part of it. I read the book because Stephen Ambrose, who wrote Band of Brothers, it was his son that wrote that book. Um, mm-hmm. I think if it's the one I'm thinking of, the Pacific, and it followed like there was a pilot and there was a soldier. That I don't remember. I stopped watching the miniseries. Okay, I, I, I think like, I, I saw a little bit. I, I, thought, I thought that they were just trying too hard to do what Band of Brothers did. Yeah, yeah. I, I only saw a little bit. Of I don't that. know what I don't I don't know what it was that was lacking. Yeah, but I was like, eh, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. watching this. So the other one I still want to see. I read the book, but the one on Louis Zamperini. Um, oh, Unbroken. Unbroken. I, I've heard the movie was pretty phenomenal. It's good. It's, it's a little bit long, but it's good. Right. Yeah. And, but I, I, I've read the book, so and I think, you know, anyone that wants to say the heroes are the ones that don't end up in the camps, the prisoner of war camps, should watch that. Did you say, did you do your five? I think you did. Yeah, ish. You said you uh, yeah, You got yeah. to... Th- did you get five? I think you yeah. got five. Yeah, you, you said pre- Saving Private Ryan, yeah, Band of Brothers. Private Ryan, yeah, oh, that's Band right, of Brothers. Right. Yeah. Um, Great Escape. Great Escape, that's right. You um, said Great Escape, yeah. Glory. Mm-hmm. On, on a more... <laughs> for <clears throat> a more humorous take on war, I would offer Chicken Run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate yeah. the, the satire of, of Chicken Run and how well it mirrors that of mm-hmm. uh, Great Escape. Mm. Um, you know, two I forgot to mention, um, Cold Mountain. Yeah. I like that one. I, I like, oh, the interesting thing about that movie is just the, the depiction of all the Civil War stuff, but it focusing on the one soldier trying to get back home. Um, the other interesting part about that is some of the people that he runs into, like you've got the the older woman that's living by herself in the hills, and she's got, she keeps the goats um, like that. Some of the hill folk I know that like my family, if you go far enough back in time, that would have been them, like living in the hills and mm-hmm. just keeping whatever animals they could to keep themselves alive and, and that type of stuff. So that was kind of interesting to see that. And then the other one, um, Hotel Rwanda. I think I'd probably count that as a war movie too because okay. it's got yeah. the civil war going on and. Um, that I probably actually would somehow try to fit that into my top five or, or cheat and do a, a sixth one and throw that one in there too. That's I just cool. like that one. 
That's the Mohican. Yeah. Fury. Brad Pitt's yeah. thing about the tank. That mm-hmm. was a good movie. That yeah. was a good movie. Guns and, guns and Avril. Mm-hmm. See, those... Guns and Avril? Yeah. <clears throat> See, but to me, those get into... I, For me, Where I can watch that and just... Yes. I stare? love that. When... um. See, but I can watch those movies and like The Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. I can watch those movies and to me... Okay, it's set in the war, but I can watch that and be just like, this is awesome. I... I get sucked in by some, I don't know, maybe I'm a hypocrite, but I mean, I get, I can watch War Eagles, Dare Guns, and that to me is like an adventure movie. You know, that's like a spy movie. They're sneaking these guys in, they gotta be, yeah. you know, um, behind enemy lines, and, you know. It, yeah. And there is, though, there is a difference, though, I think, well, like, war has changed and gotten to the... I feel like even though World War Two and all that, and I'm not gonna even say, like, attempt to say that they were somehow gloriously fun wars to be in it would be stupid but I'm like there was a different sort of here's the enemy here's the enemy these people battled and there was like a clear when you got into this and you got all the kind of guerrilla fighting and all this and it's women children and just and it just got into this big mess of you didn't know who was who and what was what and just mud like the Middle East like you go there and it could be some guy who's just you look at everybody as a potential blowing your head off and, and to live in that environment and not have a clear boundary of here's this line here's that line he's wearing a uniform he's the enemy i mean i think that would be mental and emotional torture because you never get a break there's never a break where i think in world war ii and some of those other wars there had to be moments where on this side of the line the enemy's way over there we're okay and i think now well, and, the war's gotten to and culturally, is, culturally no you'd okay. have stuff in common like they would not fight yes. on Christmas Day yeah and there was like that understood certain, yes. you know we both are going to celebrate we're going to take a break on Christmas Day and and but in Vietnam and the Middle East and you don't have that you know you, you, there's not as much maybe necessarily in common culturally well, and I think and what happened both, to, oh, please I didn't I was going to say and somehow I think with the maybe it's the religious tone into it but the the fact that I'm willing to blow myself up for my, you know, back then people weren't really willing. There's stories of soldiers who were this close to killing. Okay, you go that way, I go that way. Like that stuff would happen at times because there's another human being there, and they almost felt there was the at this moment. I don't want to die. You don't want to die, and mm-hmm. and, and those type of things would happen. Where now it's just. Do you ever read Red Badge of Courage? Yeah. Is that scene in the river? Yeah. You've got the two the two sides and they're just talking to each other and yep. they traded some tobacco. Well, or it's one of the reasons why boot camp <clears throat> had to get the way it was. It was from what I understood was, you know, when you go back into the the history of war, that because the weapons couldn't shoot so far, people got closer and closer. Mm-hmm. So to kill each other, you had to be closer and closer. And they started finding out that that was hard. The closer you got to that other person, mm-hmm. the harder it was to pull that trigger or do that, you know, or to kill them. Right. That they had to totally break people down and that's what boot camp was to take all humanity out of you basically to get the fire rate up and train people in the simulations of firing so that you don't think so that you don't process another human about to kill and that's you know how wars change too but you don't process it till you get back home yes well exactly <coughs> which is pay, eventually you pay for have it, i but. told you and i i almost don't want to say anything to give it away have i i've told you about black mirror the you show me about on, watching it it's yeah. on netflix yeah. there's one episode that kind of deals with that but I don't necessarily want to give too much okay. away in case you watch it but there's one it's it's set in a not too distant future and you have these the the enemy are called I think they were called roaches um, and it's almost they, they look almost like zombies and so you have these soldiers going in and they're trying to clear these areas of the roaches and they're these zombie type creatures um, but there's 
there's something that happens where the, the roaches are not really quite what you would expect. Um, and it's, it's not, it ultimately doesn't turn into, it, it switches from being like a zombie type show or movie to something else. And the twist of it is that there's something, something going on there, but it's, it's similar to what you just said about boot camp, like trying to dehumanize yourself and the enemy. And the other thing they mentioned in <clears throat> Vietnam was that with the, the military technology advanced to the point where with the helicopters, especially you could bring soldiers to the front, which there really wasn't a front, but right. you could get them into drop them action, drop them off, and a lot easier than even Korea or World War II, where there might have to be some marching involved or a column of soldiers yeah. all moving together or whatnot. And they said that when you look of, and I forget what the exact military designation is, but time on target or time in contact time, mm-hmm. you know, there was a much higher percentage of, for the soldiers in Vietnam, there was a much higher contact with the mm-hmm. enemy yeah. just because the technology well we can drop less, you in and take down, you out less downtime less, less downtime. downtime less time to yeah not less to say that one time. was any I'm not meaning that at all <coughs> no, it's not like it's all they had it easy but, in World War II it's just right. it's, it but was a the, different right. like, mental and that's, environment to be in and that's when when the, when, when the military I, I think and would hope they get back and then they study this and then it's like okay well this is where things broke down this is how we mm-hmm. need to change our training we need to change our change our our combat tactics or whatever but that was something that happened in you know. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for for Platoon. So if you're looking for a fun movie to watch this Christmas, I, we probably don't recommend Platoon. Go watch something else. Um, Elf is good, but forego Platoon. That's that's not the Christmas movie. Um, but uh, if you wanna if you wanna find a little bit more about us, you can go find us on thirtypodcast.com. Uh, all of these are three zero, not the word written out, but three zero podcast. Com. We're on uh, Twitter, at 30podcast. Um, we have an email, 30podcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes. You can listen to us directly from the website itself. And next week, let's see, I, I want to look at this real quick, because I think next week is going to be... We're, we're recording a few of these a little bit out of order, but I think next week may end up being our Rogue One episode. So, are you ready for that? Well, I'm not. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie yet. But. Well, I know, but you know. if you do want to see a Christmas <clears throat> war movie, though, I would see War Horse. War Horse is a Christmas. There's a scene. Okay. It's really, it's the truce. The the there's a there's there's a point where the truce on Christmas that you mentioned oh, okay. about that. There's a depiction in there of that. Whether how true or accurate is on it, but it's a good. Okay. Alrighty. Um, but yeah, so I think next week probably will end up being our Rogue One episode. Um, if not, it will be our episode on, um, I think it's the Manhattan Project. Um, so depending on how those work out, one of those will be next. Movie is stellar. <laughs> now, now. I watched it five minutes after I got done with Platoon. I was sitting there just like, I don't even know what, is, what's going on. This is really uplifting. <laughs> yeah, I was just Man. Like, I was like, I feel oh, good. So oh. realistic. Mm. But we'll get to that in a couple weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, um, you can find us all those other places, 30podcast.com. But until next time, go watch some good movies, and we will see you later.
not fight the enemy. We fought ourselves. And the enemy was in us. The war is over for me now. But it will always be there the rest of my days. As I'm sure Elias will be. Fighting with Barnes for what Ra called possession of my soul. There are times since I've felt like the child born of those two fathers. But be that as it may, those of us who did make it have an obligation to build again, to teach to others what we know, and to try with what's left of our lives to find a goodness and meaning to this life. Thank you.